Hey, good Shabbos. This week's Parsha is Parshas Achrimos, and I wanted to share Dvartari heard by Rabbi Leibowitz. We're going to ask three questions and answer with a basic yisod, a basic fundamental idea that should answer all three questions. The first question comes from Shmuel Aleph, Parak Aleph. Chana asks Hashem the most famous pregnancy in Tanakh, and she says, Hashem, I want this child to be an Ish, an Ish Hashem. I want him to be a, ma- a man amongst men. Or she asked that he be a Nashim, he be one of the men. So the Gemara in Brachos, it's a pretty well-known Gemara. I didn't know this before Rabbi Leibowitz said this, but apparently it's a well-known Gemara, that what does it mean, Anashim, that she asked to have Anashim? So there are three or four opinions that are given. The first three are that she asked that he be a man, a man amongst men, meaning he'd be the greatest. Another opinion is that he anoint two kings, which we know he anointed two kings. He anointed David HaMelech and Shal HaMelech, or that he just be as great as Aaron and Moshe. We know we say, Moshe vi Aaron bekoanav u'shmuel bekorei shemo, meaning Shmuel was as great as Aaron and Moshe. But then there's a final opinion in Brachos on Daf Lamed Aleph that seems a little mysterious by Rav Dimi. And he says that when she asked for Anashim, she asked for him to be average, not too tall, not too short, not too good looking, not too ugly, not too smart, not too stupid, just a normal, average guy. And the question here is, what is Ravdimi saying? Who wants an average child? Every single parent asks that their child be the greatest possible person. Everyone wants their child to be a doctor or a lawyer. What type of grandmother wants to have an average grandson? You don't see your grandmother in New York walking around saying, hey, I, my average grandson over here, he's middle management at some random firm. You don't see that. My grandson, he's a doctor in the biggest practice in the country. That's what you see, not the average person. What's going on? Why is Hannah asking for mediocrity? Next question comes from this week's Parsha with Nadav and Avihu. It's kind of weird that Nadav and Avio are so heavily criticized. And it doesn't really make sense as to what they really did wrong. The Lubavitcher Rebbe says that Nadav and Avio's wrong was that they decided to do an avoda that wasn't prescribed to them. And they decided that they wanted to be in the presence of Hashem at all times. They wanted it to be something that would be with them forever, not just, you know, a one-time experience per year where you go into the Kodesh Kedashim or you do Korbanos in the morning and a little bit in the afternoon. They wanted this to be an experience that they could experience all the time and really take with them. And that was their problem. Now, the question is, is then what did they do wrong? What's the issue with that? What's the issue with trying to have the closeness with Hashem that you have in the Kodesh Kedashim all day long. What were Nadav and Aviyu doing wrong to the point where they had to be killed for what they did? Seemingly being with Hashem all day is a great thing. And finally, our third question comes from another Gemara in Brachos, one daf later from the one we just quoted by Chana, Adaf Lamed Beis. The Gemara in Lamed Beis talks about these Hasidim Rishonim. Now the Hasidim Rishonim were told would wait an hour before tefillah, before davening, and they'd go into a meditation state in order to really get their focus down because everyone knows that in the morning it could be busy, taking care of the kids, whatever it is. So they would wait an hour before davening to really get their focus in check, and then they'd wait another hour after davening. Now simply, what are they doing after davening? 
if I were one of the Hasidim Rishonim, I'd wait an hour before davening because the day could be pretty hectic. So, you know, you're coming back from a crazy meeting and you need an hour before Mincha just to get it together, focus in, and now daven for 15, 20 minutes. But then another hour after davening, just go back to your work. Who cares? Why do they need an hour after davening as well? To sum up the three questions again, we have Chana asking for mediocrity from Shmuel. We have question number two about Nadav and Avi wanting to be in the presence of Hashem all the time, yet somehow being killed for that. And then finally, question number three, why the Hasidim Rishonim would wait an hour after tefillah? Just get on with your day. To answer all three questions, we need a very basic yesod. And that is that you have to take Hashem into your normal life. Taking the spiritual high that you have or you achieve at some sort of point in the year, this one moment, capitalize on it, internalize it, and take it with you into your normal life. But not to live in that moment for the rest of the year, for the rest of your life. That was the mistake of Nadav and Avihu. They tried taking this spiritual high that they achieved and to make it into their everyday life. But that's not what it's supposed to be. And that's why Chana asked that Shmuel not be someone who tries to have this spiritual high, this very elevated place of spirituality all the time. It's important to be normal. And that's why the Hasidim Rishonim, they would wait an hour after tefillah. Take that spiritual high you just had, internalize it, take it into your normal life. The people that achieve the most are oftentimes not the people that are weird, stand out, and are complete extremists. They're the people that are normal. The people that internalize their spirituality, they take those high moments and they capitalize on them and live with them for the rest of their year and the rest of their life. But they live their everyday life as a normal person. They're no one special, yet they're idealistic, kind, good people that take those spiritual highs and use them in their everyday average life. There's a story, I believe Rabbi Leibowitz mentioned with Rabbi Cohen. Someone asked him, how is your Yom Kippur? And Rabbi Cohen screams at him, he says, how are you asking me how my Yom Kippur was? My Yom Kippur, you're asking me a day later? A day later, you're asking me how Yom Kippur was? Ask me in February. Now this story shows us exactly what we were just talking about. To take that spiritual high and to see how you capitalize on it later. You only know how Yom Kippur actually was a year later, six months later, not the day after. Those spiritual highs need to be taken into the mundane life. And where we have the mundane is where we will experience the most amount of growth. Chavez.